Welcome to another episode of the Maker's Garage. Today we talk with Scott Dix of Microwave underscore Monkey. If you've seen him on the Carbide 3D community forum, you see how he contributes to the community in a big way. He was encouraged to join by the active members that were there before he became a machine owner. Since buying a Shapeoko, he's built all kinds of different products for the consumer level, as well as finding new materials to machine. My conversation with him covered how he got started, what kept him from getting started, where his ideas come from, and what's next. Enjoy! Scott Dix of Knoxville, Tennessee, on the Maker's Garage. How you doing, Scott? How's it going, Kevin? Good, good, good. Just sitting here at HQ. Nice. I like the setup with the uh, machine right behind you there. And you said it in your stuff before, it's like an evolution, your whole workspace. I didn't envision it being that close to you, though. It, it really, it never uh, stops changing in, in some form or fashion. Um, speaking of since getting this machine here, my original XXL is in pieces below it, and I've got some aluminum extrusion I just got from uh, 8020, and I'm about to build a uh, XXXXL length uh, Shapeoko here soon. Uh, so hopefully I'll be able to cut, you know, what, what would that be? 70 is that full four, four by eight or something? Is that what they're going for? Or uh, just shy of that? I mean, I'm only stretching it, I guess, in the technically the Y direction. Okay. Uh, I'm keeping that X cross beam shorter. Um, only cause I know the rigidity, uh, issues that can occur. Uh, and I'm not really wanting to push it that much further in both directions quite yet. Okay. Uh, maybe, maybe in the future. So you'll uh, definitely at, at some point have two machines operating that yes. shortly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and one that'll be able to do uh, substan substantially larger things out of out of sheet material and stuff like that. I'm, I'm uh, simple shapes or or flattening of slabs is another um, good use. I was thinking for it. Um, right. Well, everything's kind of constantly up in the air over here as things evolve. Um, and I kind of just take, I let the requests and whatever's kind of just floating around in my head that day kind of take me in whatever direction, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now you have a kid on top of that. Man, yeah, that's, that's been a, an eye-opening experience, to say the least. <laughs> um, definite change of pace. But I think, like I said to you in an email earlier, it's waking up with a new purpose. Uh, it seems like every day and just I've got a, a more energy than I used to. And yeah, it's been a it's been a huge blessing. And, and mom and baby are, are happy and healthy and she's got some time here at home and we're just trying to enjoy it as much as we can. Yeah, you, you thought you were busy before, and then you add that in. You go, oh, wait, I understand what busy is now. Yeah, I'm, I kind of, it kind of perturbed me in the past when people would say, oh, man, you've, you've got something coming for you. And I didn't quite believe them, or I'm thinking, you know, how bad can it be? But, and I'm not to say it's bad, it's just such a big change that you really, until you have one, uh, it's hard to imagine. 
Yeah, I always like the, are you ready? You go, well, does it matter? The clock is ticking. <laughs> In our case, with him deciding to show up a couple weeks early, um, definitely we're not fully ready. I think okay. we had just gotten the car seat in the back of the car the, the day before and got it all set in there and made sure everything was tight. And Nice. So why Microwave Monkey? When you named yourself on the on the forums, why did that come up? Man, there was... Um, are you aware of the uh, the series The Expanse? Yes, I am. I have not watched it, but maybe the beginning of one episode, but I know exactly what the thumbnail looks like. Great, great series. Um, at, at one point, one of the main characters is, is talking about um, this kind of unknown technology that they're dealing with and his kind of thoughts on humanity and how they're handling it. It's essentially uh, summed up with, you know, you, you hand a, I know I'm butchering it, but you hand a microwave to a bunch of monkeys and, you know, they press a button on it and it beeps and they, they go, oh, well, it's a music box. Or, you know, they stick their hand in it when it's running, it burns them and they're like, oh, it's a weapon. Uh, and it kind of a play <laughs> on that in terms of this is all, for me, completely unexplored territory. Yeah. Um, I literally years ago, I saw something posted on the internet and it was a short little video of a CNC running and it really piqued my interest. But at the time I thought there's no way that's going to be accessible to me without a huge investment money wise, right? Uh, time wise. Uh, and then as, I guess I did a little bit more digging and I came across uh, the Shapoko. Um, I thought, okay, this is cool. That's more of my price range. Um, this might be doable for me. I'm sure there's, you know, some crazy software and, and other stuff that I won't be able to keep up with, or, or it was a little intimidating still. And really, I guess <clears throat> what kind of put the final nail in the coffin in terms of me heading down this road was, I, I got on the community forum and I saw the wealth of knowledge that was just being handed out by all these guys. And it, it really struck a chord with me in terms of I'm going to have a lot of external support here from complete strangers that seem to, to just be happy to help and, and, you know, experienced users. And that's, I mean, for me, exactly what I thought, would make a difference. Um, and has it? Man, it really, really has. Um, I, I got on that onto the, the Carbide 3D forum and started lurking. Oh gosh, probably a close to a year before I actually bought the machine, and I saw actually mainly I saw Will Adams posts and his replies to people having issues or mm -hmm. well, they were at a, a roadblock with a design or something. And uh, seeing that really just, okay, this all is starting to make sense. Uh, these guys are happy to interact with, with people. It really just, it, it blew me over uh, completely. Just a bunch of strangers sharing that, that, I guess passion uh, was so big in, in kind of influencing me. 
So what held you up? Ooh. Season speed. Okay. Chip load. Um, oh, the, the nomenclature a bit, like the scariness of the nomenclature? Uh, I've always had kind of anxiety surrounding even the most basic of math, which you think it's, it's kind of funny. I went on to be, you know, a carpenter and, and this, that, and the other dealing with it all the time. Um, especially now, but, but I don't know, you start throwing in a bunch of zeros and then decimals and all sorts of stuff. And I quickly start getting a little bit, uh, anxious about things. Uh, okay. Julian, our, uh, the community manager, when he was working mm-hmm. on his ebook, that was a huge, uh, section that, that I've watched evolve on the forum. Essentially, there was a, a, a discussion on there and so many different people were chiming in with, with real world experience. Heck, I think there was a bunch of guys that were chiming in about it that didn't even own Shapeocos, but just mm-hmm. loved the subject matter of, of machining, milling. Um, GMAX comes to mind. I don't know if you uh, know that handle on the, the forums. He, he came up with a worksheet that uh, I still use to this day, along with Julian Speed and Speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, that really, thankful. I, I guess that was just a matter of good timing too, because as I got more involved myself with the forum, all of that was occurring and coming together. And then he was hired as a community manager and uh, I, it felt really welcoming to say the least. That's awesome. And now you've spent quite a bit of time kind of refining feeds and speeds. What's your process for doing that on your own? There's a big pile of messed up projects that um, will never see the light of day, but it's huge. Um, And it was a lot of trial and error in terms of, yes, theoretically, I could cut softwood this way but is that really going to work with this piece of wood thankfully being pretty familiar with wood in general helped a lot being able to identify and kind of get a feel for how something's going to mill literally just by looking at it mm-hmm. or running a piece of sandpaper over it and seeing how those fibers come up you can tell what which boards are going to chip out more than others. Um, moisture testing is another good way. Uh, I've just kind of started to dip in to that myself in terms of testing individual pieces before they go on the machine to see if it makes a difference. Uh, definitely does. Mm-hmm. So drier or wetter chips out? Man, there's a sweet spot where if you're too wet you're definitely getting a lot of us especially with the softer woods that i tend to cut poplar pine um firs and other things um kind of off the shelf type wood you get at a big box store um you're going to get into stringy territory real and it's not long strings it's just this nasty fraying that occurs with higher humidity yeah Um, and I guess that's just a little bit more of that fat, you know, still being in there and having more of that adhesive effect. Um, 
the drier, the better, in my opinion, up until a point. And then good luck keeping fine points on details and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. All about tiny step downs with, and, and that's never fun, you know, extending your machining time by hours. What are you measuring it with? What are you using tool-wise to measure the, um, the moisture tool, content? Yeah, just a pin, two-pin probe um, off the shelf. I think I got it on Amazon. It was probably around 100 bucks. not even a nice one. How do you decide what to spend money on and how to spend money when it comes to what you're making and how you're making money? Because I see you have a ton of stuff for sale. You've expanded Western Valley Woodworking and done a ton of coasters and sweet signs. Love the signs with Knoxville and Nashville. Uh, how do you how do you decide where to put money back into what you're working on or something like a moisture probe man uh, um frankly for a lack of a, a, a better answer as as things occur as problems pop up that you know oh mental note i had this same issue on a prod you know three projects ago this is occurring again. This needs to be fixed. Uh, mm-hmm. One one problem I can think of, um, I was having a lot of issues because I wasn't keeping my shop clean enough with dust nibs and other stuff landing imperfections uh, while my clear coats and, and top coats mm-hmm. were drying. So, you know, I kind of full stopped at one point and really dove into dust collection and air cleaning. Um, thankfully got that down for the most part. Um, I kind of pride myself on, on how clean the shop stays, even with machines running. Um, another one was just finishing in general, um, doing it at home. I really don't want to, you know, piss off the neighbors and be out in my driveway all the time spraying stuff and, uh, you know, pouring over spray out into the air. So <clears throat> another thing I built was a, a kind of a full uh, paint booth, bench top paint booth with an exhaust fan to a charcoal filter and I'll mm-hmm. stuff all out the door and, you know, uh, neighbors don't notice any fumes or any overspray clouds or anything like that. And, Overall, I'm able to, to finish in my shop where it's a lot more temperature, humidity controlled. And yeah. Awesome. Yeah, really just as things kind of pop up and, and they become kind of a new issue, um, in terms of what projects I take, if it's, if it's not just for, you know, the passion and the hobby, you know, some idea coming out of my head, like I really want to make that, or I see a, a video that Carbide 3D or some of these other, you know, kind of power YouTubers have, have put out and it's inspiring to, you know, kind of create my own version of it, whatever it may be. It's not that it's, it's you know, a commission from someone else. Hey, can you make this? Can you do this? Right. Mm, usually the answer is yes, before I've really thought about it, but, um, at the same time, that provides a, a challenge every once in a while that uh, is good for growth. Yeah, now you're into a second machine. Speaking of growth, you were an HDM beta tester, so you've been you've gone from novice guy worried about feeds and speeds to actually having an advanced machine 
Tell me about the process of getting the HDM up and running and what you were asked to do and feedback you gave. Man, uh, first off, let me say it was a, a big honor to be chosen to, I don't really like to call myself a beta tester so much as uh, an idiot proofer. Uh, there are other guys in the group that are, are doing the real testing, I think. Um, in terms of uh, getting it set up, it was pretty darn easy. Um, I'm trying to think. Got one right here, actually. I cut this advanced V-carve um, before I even bothered checking squareness of the machine off the pallet. So if that tells you any idea, you know, gives you any idea of how well it is uh, put together, that, that's a pretty good testament to it. I know the viewers can't see it, but lots of fine details that it just breezed right through. I, we kind of, I mentioned not uh, testing it or, or, or checking for squareness. And um, I ran into some issues later on kind of high speed testing maneuvers, really just running this thing as fast as possible and upping the, the, the rapid speeds and all that and ran into some binding and other things. And, and thankfully through that testing, they've been able to kind of refine the way the whole machine goes together in the factory and they're not having any more issues, uh, mm -hmm. according to Luke. Um, with that which is good i mean that that makes me feel good that at least i had you know some positive impact even from just the idiot proofing side of things um, that's good it, really it's been a dream i'm cutting stuff full depth no finish pass i'm pushing my seeds and seeds good you're getting stuff done faster ever been comfortable running stuff especially i mean with the old uh, Shapoco 3 XXLs with the rigidity issues right in the middle of the bed and that you had to worry about. Right. Um, I, I'm definitely, I'm in uncharted territory now, which is great because um, so far 2021 had been kind of a weird year for me and my family. Uh, so it was really a a bright spot to say the least when it showed up and I was able to start tinkering with it. Oh, fun. Now, what are you using for masking? Cause your coloring is really crisp on your coasters or whether it's your, as you just showed, it's one of your river items. I encourage people to get on over to the website. We'll have it linked in the description, Western Valley woodworking. You have a lot of cool products there. You're doing river maps of Tennessee. How are you getting your colors so crisp? Um, a lot of it is pre-finishing before I do any contrasting color or, or um, the other is I use a lot of Aura Mask. I've gone through so many square feet of Aura Mask. Sure. Funny. Um, in terms of like the one I just showed you here, which is the kind of full color, it's actually Valpromask or forest color mbs so just okay -coated, let it i like to let my my color uh and clear coats cure for a couple of days before i stick them on the machine i know that's not possible for uh, a lot of guys who are in real fast production um 
I, I think they cut a lot better and a lot cleaner if you really let your paints cure out before you yeah. go slicing through them. So are you pre-coloring that and then gluing them together? This is just a single top coat on top of a full color MDF sheet. Ah, okay. Um, this I found there's a mill in North Carolina that makes it. Um, and I just drive right over the mountains and go pick it up, you know, by the sheet. Yeah. I didn't know there was such a thing as full color MDF. Interesting. Yeah, I love it. It's a lot more refined than your typical MDF. And yeah, I'm sure there's some people on the forums that are like, Oh man, this guy, he mentions it all the time. You think I work for him or something like that. Uh, <laughs> you should be getting some money. It cuts so much better than your typical off-the-shelf MDF that's full of these long, fuzzy fibers. This is a super, super um, teeny, tiny little particles of, I guess it's um, pine dust. And they run through all sorts of different washes, and then they run it through a magnet to pull out any of the ferrous uh, material in it which again is really bad on cutters. Um, and then they dye it throughout and it's just one of these, the adhesive they use for it is, is nice to cutters. I find that they're lasting a lot longer than typical MDF. It finishes better. Uh, and on top of it, you can get it in a handful of colors. Yeah, that's nice. I like that a lot. Uh, when it comes to coasters, those are, um, I'll, I'll do what I, I call the roughing out, which is cutting out the circles with that kind of stair step, uh, side profile. Yep. I'll stain them, seal them up nicely with a clear coat. And then they're back on the CNC to, to cut out the stars or whatever designs put on the front. Okay, cool. You mentioned at some point as much pre-finishing as possible. Okay. Um, it tends to, it makes the final coats and, and kind of the after machining process go a lot quicker. Nice. I'll be honest. I'm lazy. I, I try to take as much of that out of my hands as possible. Um, with my XXL, it was always, you know, tiny little finish passes at the back end because, you know, hand sanding the bottom of a pocket or around lettering is um, not fun. <laughs> After Agreed. Agreed. Uh, I've got another one here. Again, full depth, one pass. I mean, the fact that the, the HGM is, is leaving next to no tool marks. Um, and Luke may get a little bit mad at me for this, but I haven't even attempted tramming the spindle on it yet. Right. That's a testament again to how well this thing has been put together in the factory. Um, I love it. You mentioned at some point painting Warhammer and and 40k figurines. Did you ever do yeah, Blood Bowl? Actually, um, my my dad made a couple of really neat kind of big tabletop, realistic. Uh, I guess theme, you know, cityscapes, whatever. It had roads and bridges and trees and rivers and we would start 
we started playing with micro machines and other stuff on them. We really wanted them for our Hot Wheels, you know, to roll around town and play with. And I guess at some point that evolved. There was a there was a games workshop in our local mall. Yeah, I'm thinking this was 19 early 90s. That, right. And we walked in there one day, all all three. Bro- it was right next to the shoe store. My mom was getting shoes for my sister and my brothers and I. We walked into the store next door and we saw all these little figurines. And my brother picked up the rule book and it seemed like overnight that became our new obsession. Uh, both the the fantasy tabletop and 40k. I was still probably too young to be any good painting uh, the model. Uh, so I let my brothers handle most of that. But it was a lot of fun, to say the least. We spent so many hours down in our basement um, just throwing ideas off each other and being creative and having fun. Yeah, I painted Blood Bowl figurines back in the day. Same, okay, yeah. same deal. Blood Bowl was fun. It was just football except RPG and then you had to paint your like your team of elves or team of dwarves or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, my brother was was into the 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 Necromunda and Blood Bowl and um, still to this day I read the books. I'm not much in terms of the tabletop anymore. Actually, spending yeah. a whole bunch of money on figurines or anything, but right, yeah. especially not now. No, <laughs> especially not no, now. No, no. no it, uh, did your wife attempt any arson on your shop for the Alabama elephant? Did you not cut it? What happened there? Thankfully, nobody has asked me to make one yet. Um, I still have not heard the end of not having made a uh, a Georgia one yet for her. I guess I'm going to have to get around to that at some point. I think so. I think so. Yeah, no uh, offended. I don't really have a dog in that fight. but yeah. <laughs> Or a dog. Or a dog, one. right. Yeah. Are you originally from Tennessee? Because you don't sound like it. No, no. Actually, um, not. I say that like it's somehow bad. I love this place. Um, I was born just outside San Francisco in California, uh, a okay. little town called Walnut Creek. Yeah. Uh, moved here in uh, 91, 92 when I was real little. And I guess I just okay. never picked up the super heavy Southern accent. It comes out, right. but... You got to get a couple drinks in me first, I think. Right, right, right. Where do you get your ideas from? I love the the touch switch in the frame of that. I think it's Auburn War Eagle, actually, that was in that one. Where do you mm-hmm. where do you draw inspiration from? I think the switch. I swear somebody had posted something similar on the forum. Mm-hmm. And- I, I I say that at the same time it could have easily been I was looking for switches and came across you know the the touch free I think they call it capacitive uh, switch and that the idea of, of being able to influence something without you know actually touching it was kind of neat. And I mm-hmm. kind of like that whole hidden kind of mystery aspect of it almost. And I thought, you know, if somebody's going to put a an LED sign 
up in say their office or a nicer room, not just necessarily like your man cave where you'll put anything up. I really wanted it to be hidden. I didn't want there to be any, you know, oh, that's, that's got lights and ooh, that's got, I thought half the fun of the, it, it, half the fun for the customer would be, oh, check this out too. And, you know, just swiping their hand by the frame. Right. That ooh and ah effect, so to speak. Right. I love it. I love it. How do you choose your uh, your stickers? I noticed DIY engineering on there, Globe, Ghostbusters. They were all making the making the cut. DIY engineering's got out a, a good video today on the uh, Curve Cade that he just put up together. Really, man, I I admired uh, his work from afar, and he released the uh, I think it was the first version of the V Wheel covers for the Shapeoko, and I ordered a set uh, almost immediately because. At that point in time, the idea of, you know, keeping chips off stuff constantly. Um, uh, yeah, at that point in time, I was cutting a handful of signs every day. Um, it was an issue, to say the least. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, the Ghostbusters are actually original from the 1980s. Uh, nice. Kind of those jelly thicker style yep. stickers that everybody has. My dad brought over a bunch of boxes of stuff that he had cleared out of the attic and yep. you know, three or four full unopened sets of them. And I thought, okay, I can open one set and and put some up. It was very formative for my childhood, to say the least. They've got the foam in them. If you take if the top layer peels away, they've got a little piece of like yellow foam in it, right? I remember those, oh, those yeah, are great stickers. Yeah. Those are great stickers. Yeah. I'm sure I have a couple in a box somewhere. I found a bunch of stuff from my old RC racing days and found a bunch of stickers in there. And uh, I've always been a, a, a big sticker head in general. Um, cool. If I get my hands on it. I, you know, I take it and stick it somewhere. Uh, what do you, before we let you go, cause we, we could spend a lot more time. We will have to do this again. And, uh, and I'm gonna be out your way sometime soon. We'll talk about that after the pod here, but, uh, what do you like about Carbide Create? Because you use Carbide Create for ninety percent of what you do, or oh, some uh, some percentage of what you do. Yeah, pretty much everything gets run through it. Um, I kind of fiddled with F engrave uh, a little bit here and there, and did okay with it. But really, um, it made sense to me if I was dipping my toe in to, to go with the software provided by the company. And I really, you know, I didn't know anything about the software. It had been a long time since I had used any design software. Mm -hmm. um, and after opening it up, playing with kind of a simple 2D type stuff, I started to find more utility in it as I started trying to use the Boolean operations and stuff like that. And again, mm -hmm. a big thing for my comfort level again was being able to get onto the forum and seeing solutions to my problems before I even had them. Oh, nice. And, you know, being able to type in one search word and, and get a result that was useful. Um, it really just, it, it upped my pace in terms of getting comfortable to say the least that I, I cannot speak highly enough of the wealth of knowledge that is 
the, the community forum. Love it. All right, if people want to find you, where do they need to go? Um, see your work or buy something? You can find me on Facebook. Um, I know a lot of Under people. what? Western Valley Woodworking? Or is it yeah, Scott Western Vixen? Valley Woodworking on Facebook. Yep. And then I've got a website. It's www.tn.com. Um, you can check it out. I've got a, a pretty decently updated gallery on there of, of my custom work. Um, so, yeah, feel free to check it out. Right on. Scott, thanks for the time. Thank you for having me on.